0: Well, good morning everyone. Happy New Year. Glad you're here today. We might get 30 degrees today. Wouldn't that be like, like hallelujah, you know, like Jesus has returned, you know, 30 degrees. Hey, uh, my name's Chris and we're so glad that you're here today. And if you would, if you could pull out this little card, uh, that looks like this, it's our connect card and, uh, you can fill that out or you can do it, uh, on the app at, uh, any time. Uh, We would uh, love for you uh, to do that. And um, also, uh, what I'd like you to do is just hold on to that. We'll tell you what to do with that card uh, later in the celebration. Um, What you just saw on the screen, uh, the commercial that you saw, was our iQuick commercial. And so what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to pull out your cell phone for a second, if you have one, and pull it out. And what I'd like you to do is place this on your Facebook page, okay? So we're going to actually give you some time to do that. If you're like, I don't do Facebook, I don't know about Facebook, what I want you to do is invite one person that you know could really benefit from connecting here at the JAR next week, okay? So we'll give you a little time to do this. You can go to Facebook and pull our Facebook page at the JAR Community Church Facebook page. And uh, send that on your, uh, share it on your page or text somebody just real quick. Hey, Joe, want to invite you to church next week. Hope you can come uh, and do that here for a second. We'll give you a little music uh, to uh, do that. With. Okay, or text somebody, invite them. Now, some of you might be not as tech savvy. And so we have a little card uh, in your program that looks like this. And you can just take this card and give it to somebody—a coworker, neighbor, friend, family member, whatever—and uh, invite them to come next week. Now, in the first celebration, when I said you're going to do this, right? There were like two people in. Yeah. Okay. So I know you're much more encouraging here in the yeah. second. Okay. So I'm going to say on three. Will you do this? And just say yo. Okay. Uh, so will you do this? Yeah. Yo. Okay. Let's do that then. All right. Um. Have you ever had that experience in your life where you just threw your hands up and you said, I quit. Like, I just quit. I I quit arguing. I uh, quit uh, dealing with this relationship. I quit this job. Uh, I quit trying. Well, uh, for many of us, when we hear this word, I quit, it typically has uh, kind of a negative connotation to it. But over the next five weeks, what I want to do is take this two-word phrase, I quit, and help all of us going into the new year to, to quit some things, maybe in the past year or in years before, and to apply ourselves in some new ways uh, this year. Maybe some things that have dragged us down before, this year we can just say, I'm going to quit that. Now next week, uh, we're going to talk about this subject, I Quit Complaining. Now, I know that none of you ever complain that are here, okay? So this is for you to invite that complaining coworker, okay? So you invite them next week uh, to come, and maybe they won't complain as much, you know, if they come and uh, they hear that. So that's that. Now, today, what I want to talk about is I quit making excuses. I quit making excuses. And I pray that all of us, um, by the end of this teaching, we will really have a desire to say, you know what, I'm going to quit making excuses. I mean, the reality is, on this first day of uh, the first Sunday of the new year, uh, many of you are like, hey, you know what, there are some things that are going to be different. And you probably could name two or three or four different things that you're like, hey, these things are going to be different in my life. You might say, hey, you know, I really want to lose some weight. That's, that's what I want to be different. Or you might say, you know, I'm working all all the time and I work so much. I I need to slow down this year. I need to spend some more time with my family. Or, you know, I'm going to make church a priority this year. I'm here today and and I want to make it a priority uh, each week. And so if I ask you, what do you hope would be different about your life? Many of you would say, "Uh, I want this to be different, that to be different. And there would be multiple things. But the problem about trying to be different is this, that, and this is your first fill in if you're taking notes, is when I try to be different, as soon as I decide to be different, Satan gives me excuses to stay the same. As soon as I decide to be different, Satan gives me excuses to stay the same. Isn't that right? I mean, as, as soon as you make a decision and you say, these are the reasons that I'm making this decision, it's not too long until there's this sense of like, well, you won't last or there's excuses that are made. In fact, Jesus talked about this in Luke chapter 14, and it kind of captures this problem. Jesus said this, a certain man was preparing a banquet and involved many guests. So he's sent out this invitation. He's inviting all of these people to come. He's like, hey, come, we're going to have a big party. You're invited. Everyone, please come. Verse 17. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to what? What's it say? They began to make excuses. Now, if you read this, uh, the rest of this story, you'll find that their excuses, honestly, are really funny. The, The first excuse is a person says, hey, I just bought a field, and I need to go see it. A second person said, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I need to check them out. Now, think about that. How do you check out an oxen? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a farm boy, but what do you do? Like, hey, good oxen, you know, bad oxen. Like, how do you know? And uh, then the last guy says, I just got married. I can't come. And immediately upon this invitation, there is excuse after excuse after excuse, just like many of us. I would like this to be different in my life this year. But I tried it last year, and it didn't change. And I tried it the year before that, and it didn't work. And the year before that, and so why even bother? I would like to do this differently this year, but I don't think I'm good enough to be able to make it happen. Or, you know, I think I could do it because I'm better than most people. You start comparing yourself, but but why should I focus on that? I, I would like to do this, but... And uh, sometimes I'll I'll tell people when I'm counseling, you need a butt buster. Because every sentence you say, you say something and then you say, but, uh, whatever I can't do. And excuse after excuse after excuse. Which is exactly why by the end of January, 40% of all New Year's resolutions are down the train. It just people don't keep them. That's what research tells us. And by February 15th, research tells us 75% of all New Year's resolutions will be ended. Because what happens is people go through life at the beginning of the year going, I can do this on my own strength. I can do this in my own intention. You see, folks, we've got good intention sitting here today on the first Sunday. But many of our lives, we don't have God intentions. And there's a very tremendous difference between your good intention and a God intention. Good intentions center around us. This is what I want to be different about my life. Good intentions are very me kind of centered. Good intentions are different than God intentions. Because God intentions are God-centered, not me-centered. And folks, this is how God wants life to be different. He wants your life to be different this way. Instead of going through this whole year trying to do things in your own power, your own ability, your own strength, your own resolve, if you get a God intention, you can rely fully on Him to be able to help you to do what God wants you to do. So what I want to do to try to help us to quit making excuses this year is I simply want to ask you a couple of questions. The first question that I want to ask, instead of you saying, this is what I want to be different in my life, here's the question. What does God want to be different about your life? What does God want? want to be different about your life? What does the creator of the universe who loves you, who has great plans for you, what does he want to be different about your life? Maybe God wants you to be a more forgiving person this year. There are multiple people in your life that you have uh, struggles with, that there are disagreements with, you've been holding grudges towards. Maybe God wants you to forgive and live a life of forgiveness this year. Maybe God wants you to do something for somebody else. He wants you to actually be generous with what you have to give to somebody else. Maybe God wants you to be more spiritually connected to your children. You're like, hey, I'm a a pretty good dad. I'm a pretty good mom. But you haven't really poured into your kids spiritually. Maybe God wants you to reach out and get involved with something that we're starting January 28th uh, during this celebration, our middle school experience. We're going to allow our 6th, 7th, and 8th graders to come and to worship with us to understand how to worship God through music. But then after that, we're going to actually have a special experience just for them that they can go and connect and grow in their own way. I'm really excited about this to, to see what God's going to do to help our youth to grow in this way. I mean, maybe some of you are like, hey, you know what, I've always wanted to help with teenagers. Some of you want to strangle teenagers. Those are called parents. But, but some of you might want to help some teenagers. You're like, yeah, I'd really like to invest in them, help them grow to impact them. And you're like, you know what, I've sensed this from God, but I've just never done it. So, folks, what is it that you believe that God wants to be different about your life? Now, a lot of you, uh, you know already what that thing is. In fact, some of you, you've already written it down. You've you've seen it and you've written it down uh, in your program. And that's what I'd like you to do is to write down what is the thing that God wants to you to be different in this year. What does God want you to be different? Now, if it's private, just put at the very top of it private so that your nosy neighbor doesn't look over at your page and go, Oh my word, you're messed up. You know, like that, that was bad. Just put private, you know, right on the top. Now, for some of you, you haven't put anything down at all. You're not going to do this. You're not going to write anything down because you don't think God wants anything to be different in your life. And if you're sitting by that person, guess who you're sitting by? Jesus Christ. (laughs) He is here today right beside the other person, okay? because if you're not writing anything, you're sitting by perfection. Like, those people don't need any help. They've got it all together. Okay? That's it. And maybe for some of you, though, you, you're more process-oriented. You're like, well, I take more time to process. Well, this is the problem with some people who are process-oriented. They process so much, they don't do anything. They process for the rest of their life. So this is what you need to put on the top of your page. Next 24 hours. Okay. Within the next 24 hours by work tomorrow, you put down what you believe God wants to be different in this new year. Now don't, you know, call your boss and say, Hey, sorry, I can't go to work today. My pastor said, uh, I needed to do this in the next 24 hours. Okay. Don't do that. But Write something down. Here's the second question. This is where the power comes. It's not a what question. It's a why question. Why does God want this to be different in your life? Why does God want this to be different in your life? Folks, when you connect the spiritual why to the what, there is power and motivation to actually get the what done. Let me give you some examples. Why does God want to be different about your life? You may say, well, I feel like God is telling me that I need to get in better shape. I need to eat better. I need to uh, lose some weight. I need to start exercising. Well, well, why? Well, because I'm not in shape and I'm starting to look a little pudgy and I don't look as good in my fat pants as I used to. Okay. No, 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 no. That's not the reason Why? The reason why is because your body is God's temple, and God wants to allow you to use God's temple, God's house, that's what your body is, to be able to honor and grow and to bless other people's lives. He wants you to have an effective life and energy to do life. That is what's behind the what. And when you connect that spiritual why with that what, then All of a sudden, you can accomplish something because you're concentrating on what God wants you to be different rather than what I want. You might say, well, I really believe that God wants me to read the Bible uh, this year. Maybe the New Testament, the Old Testament, maybe the whole Bible, maybe a section of the Bible. Or you might say, well, you know, I, I feel like I need to pray with my kids or I need to pray with my spouse, or I need to get in a small group. I, I know I need to do these things, but I just haven't had time to do it, and you've been making these excuses. Well, well, why? Why would God want you to do those things? Well, because you told me to, Chris. You know? Chris, you told me that I should read my Bible, I should pray with my family, and I should be a part of a small group. No, 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 no. The answer to why you should pray with your spouse or why you should read the Bible or why you should grow in a small group is so that you can become more like Christ. That you actually start looking more like Him. When you look in the mirror, you don't see all the negative. You start seeing the positive of who and what God is. So that your life will honor and bring glory to Him. Well, what is God calling you to do? Well, I think God wants me to get out of debt, Chris. That's why he wants me to get out of debt. He wants me to spend my money more wisely. Well, why? Because debt is bad and I want to buy a boat. Okay, well, well, debt is bad. A boat is fine, but no, 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 that's not why. The reason why God wants you to get out of debt is Is because debt is toxic and it can kill you. And he says, I don't want that to happen. I want you to have financial freedom. And so in February, we'll be talking about that a little bit more, about how you can live within your means and you can live a life that honors God and is generous to him so that you can impact the kingdom. Now, think about this. When you know what God wants to be different in your life and you say, God, I want that too, and the two of you come together in agreement for that to happen, do you understand that nothing on earth can stop that? There's absolutely nothing that can change that. Because if God is for you, then who can be against you? If God is the author of change, if he's the one who understands how to change people's lives and do that, how could he not then help you to overcome your excuse so that you can have the perfect will of God as you go into this new year? Why? Because this isn't a me-centered kind of thing. This isn't just good intentions that I have, but this is a God intention that he has for my life. And no force on earth can stop it from getting done. You know, Chris Bunch, me, I really want to stop making excuses this year. And I pray that some of you will join that as well and say, me too, amen. Now, our story today is found in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, in uh, the second book of the Bible, in Exodus chapter 4. And the, let me give you a little context background. The, God's people, the Israelites, have been in slavery for 400 years. For 400 years, they have known nothing but being a slave. So generation after generation after generation, they've only known slavery and slavery alone to this group called the Egyptians. Well, God then comes down and he handpicks this guy named Moses and he says, I'm going to use you to take the Israelites out of bondage of slavery. Now, the people had been crying out for over 400 years, God deliver us, get us out of here. But not until Moses comes that we find something different. And All of a sudden now, when he picks Moses, he calls Moses to get out of his comfort zone. And I love that about God. When God asks us to do something to be different in some way, typically it's not going to be easy. It's something that if it's going to be accomplished, he's got to jump in. If it's so easy that you can do it on your own, you don't need God. You don't need to be here You don't need to come to church. If you can do it on your own, then do it on your own. But God typically calls us to be different in an area where we need him to show up. And maybe today God would ask you to do something that you think this is impossible. But God says, I'll be with you and I'll help you through it. And that's even more evidence, I think, that that thing, whatever it is that you have, is from God. If it feels like, I don't know if I can do it. So God says to Moses, hey, Moses, you're my man. And Moses is like, I ain't your man. You get somebody else. I don't know who you want to be your guy, but don't pick me. Verse 10 in chapter 4, Moses says to the Lord after he's been told, you're my man. He goes, oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. In other words, I don't like public speaking, and I know if you're going to be a good leader, you've got to be able to be a good public speaker, and that's just not me, God. I mean, if I had to stand up and publicly speak, I'd pee my pants, and you don't want a urine-stained Moses, like, all over the place, you know, trying to lead your people, do you? You want somebody that's, like, really, really got it together, and it's not me, God. I'm not good enough. Now... What is Moses saying as God speaks to him? What does he do? Excuse, 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 excuse. He was looking at his own inabilities rather than God's unlimited abilities. He was looking at his own limited power rather than looking at God's unlimited power. Verse 11, God now, he gets in Moses' business, like in his face, he says this, the Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? And the answer is whom? God. Okay, we'll do this. We'll, we're going to do it this way. We're going to say the Lord. Okay, so who gave man his mouth? Who is it? The Lord. The Lord. Now, who makes him deaf or mute? Lord. Who gives him sight or makes him blind? The and then finally, just in case, God says to Moses, if you haven't been paying attention, is it not I, the Lord? In other words, God is like, if I'm going to ask you to do something, don't you think that I'm going to be there right beside you and I'm going to help you to get it done. If you answer the question, I believe that this is what God wants to be different in my life this year, don't you think that the God of the universe then is going to be able to help you to actually be able to fulfill that? I love what God uh, said to one of his prophets, just a pastor a guy by the name of Jeremiah. One day God came to him and said this. He said, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? He's like, Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me? You know, I believe with all of my heart that some of you are sitting there today and you know the thing that God is asking you to be different in your life. And you've had all of these reasons why that it can't, or it won't, or it will never happen. And I just want to ask you what God asked Jeremiah. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? But, but you don't understand, Chris. I, I, I'm not a very patient person. I mean, my kids drive me crazy. My, my wife or husband drive me crazy. I just, Do you not believe that the God of the universe who had spiritual fruit of patience given to us cannot help you to become a more patient person? Do you sit here today and you're like, well, you know, I, I feel like the thing that God's calling me to be different is that He wants me to upgrade my serve here at the church. I, I want to serve more. And, but I don't know if I have time. I mean, it's difficult and I'm just not sure. You're telling me the one who created time itself could not help you with your schedule to be able to serve. Well, I know that God wants us to have a godly marriage, but, I mean, he drives me nuts, Chris. I mean, he just drives me nuts. Or she is just, woo way out there. Do you really think That there's anything too hard for the Lord? Folks, no more earthly excuses discounting God. No more excuses. So God goes to Moses in verse 11, and he basically says, Hey, Moses, quit whining. Quit being a whiner. And then he says, Now go. I will help you and speak to you and teach you what to say. Now, I love that phrase, now go. Everybody, let's say it out loud. One, two, three. Now go. Now go. Now go, he says, and I will do what? What's he say? I will what? Help you and I will what? Teach you what to say. At the beginning of the teaching, I gave you a problem. You might remember the problem was that when we try to be different, as soon as we try to be different, Satan gives me excuses to stay the same. Now, I just don't want to leave you with a problem. I want to actually give you a solution to that problem, and here's two solutions uh, to this issue. The first one that I believe God was saying to Moses and says to you and I today, is simply this. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. Now, go. Do What you can do. Folks, some of you know what God wants you to do. Then just do it. Someone once said that disobedience is, or delayed obedience is actually disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Don't delay. If God shows you what He wants to be different in your life, you go and do the next thing. Just one step. You don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to have all the steps together. Just one step. And then God says, if you step out in faith, I'll help you with the next step. You don't have to over-spiritualize it and go, well, I really don't know if I should pray with my family but Lord, if you will speak to me audibly, I'll be open to it. So God, just go ahead if you want, if you speak to me. And all of a sudden we over-spiritualize everything, trying to wait until we get a word rather than just just do it. Maybe God wants you to get in better shape this year. You know what your first step is? Bye-bye Twinkies. <laughs> Bye-bye. You take the Twinkies out of the house, you get them out, and when they start barking at you like, you need me, you need me, you go, stay. Okay? Or for some of you, you know, it's like, you just don't understand. I can't live without chips and dip. No, no, you can. People do. Take the chips, the dip, get it out of the house. Now, for some of you, If you battle alcoholism or drug abuse, the first step, and I'll never forget telling uh, a guy whose uh, wife was struggling with alcoholism, I said, the first thing you do, the two of you decide, we're going to take all the alcohol in the house and get it out of the house. Remove it out. Because the thing is, folks, if it's not in the house, guess what you can't do? You can't drink it. If it's drug abuse and you have drugs, you get it out of the house. If you need somebody to help you get rid of it, come to me. Now, I'm not going to smoke it or drink it or, you know, whatever. (laughs) But but I will get rid of it for you. Okay? You get it out of the house. Well, you know, I I think what God wants me to do is he wants me to make church a priority. And I hope for some of you that will happen. Well, this is what you do. Come back next week. You don't have to commit to 52 weeks right now and go, Lord, I'm so into you right now. 52 weeks, I'm there. No, 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 no. You just take one step and say, Next week, I'm going to be here. Well, I believe that God wants me to be in a small group. I think that I need some people around me that are going to encourage me and build me and lift me up. Well, What you could do is on your Connect card right here on the bottom, on the back side, it says to receive more info about small groups. You could just check that today and say, hey, I want some more info. It doesn't commit you to everything, but it's one step that says I'm going to grow in that way. Folks, no excuses. Do what you can do. Do what you can do. Take a first step. Everybody repeat after me. I will, do what I, can do. I will do what I can do. I will do what I can do. Now, here's the second kind of practical solution to overcoming excuses, and it's this. Trust God to do what you cannot do. So, I will do what I can do, and then I will trust God to do what I cannot do. Repeat after me. I will trust God to do what I cannot do. I will trust God to do what I cannot do. So this is it. I will do what I can do, and then I'm going to trust God to do what I cannot do. So here's what happened in our story. God said to Moses, go. And when you go, he says, I will help you and I will teach you. It's almost implied kind of like this. I'm not going to help you and I'm not going to teach you until you go. Until you do some things on your own. You can do some stuff on your own. You do some things, but when you take a step of faith, I will be there to help you. You do what you can do and I'll do what you think you're incapable of doing yourself. It's a little bit like uh, riding a bicycle. Both of my girls, I had the opportunity of teaching them how to ride their bike. And uh, this was what was really cool about it is that it's like I wanted them to learn how to ride it as their father. And I'm like, you can do this. And both Jordan and Shiloh, they really wanted to learn how to ride their bike as well. So here's the plan. Your father wants you to learn how to ride your bicycle, and you want to learn how to ride your bicycle, and if your father wants you to do it, and you want to do it, then what excuse is going to stop you? Now, as a young father, I didn't think there was any excuse, and then I'll never forget. Jordan got on there, and I was getting ready to take off her training wheels. She's like, Daddy, we can keep the training wheels on. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to take them off. Your dad's right here. You start pedaling and it'll work. And she eventually learned how to ride her bike. Now, Shiloh, on the other stand, we took off the uh, pedals, okay, but she says, Daddy, what if I fall? And I said, you start pedaling and if you fall, I'm here. I will help you. I will teach you. You keep going Until you can't do it without me, you go and I will be there for you. And that's exactly what God does. God says, you do what you can do. And when you get to a point where you can't do anymore, trust me and I will help you. Several months ago, I was sitting uh, right over here in this area and uh, I was... Uh, Just kind of by myself collecting my thoughts before church started And uh in the midst of that I felt this prompting To uh walk across and and talk to another person And I walked up to the person and I just asked this uh, Woman who had attended our church for several years. I said hey, how's it going? And she said honestly and I was like, yeah, honestly like tell me exactly what's going on And she went on to tell me about this relationship that she was having with this guy for a couple of years, and they were living together, but it wasn't going well. He was an alcoholic, and he was mentally and emotionally abusive toward her. She said, he's really a good guy, but he's causing me so much pain. And have you ever had that experience before where you're talking to someone about pain, and it's like you look at their face And it's pain. It's truly pain right in front of you. And then I said, well, uh, man, I can tell you're kind of in some pain. Uh, Tell me, what are you thinking? And she said, well, I, I feel like God is telling me that I need to leave the relationship, but I'm not sure if I can do it. Now, typically in those situations, right before church is getting ready to start and the band's going to come on, I typically I try to be empathetic. and I go, hey, you know, man, I know this is tough. Let's get together this week, just you and I, and uh, we can talk through this. We'll set up an appointment. You can come uh, to the office. But I don't know why on that particular Sunday I felt this prompting, like, no, you should tell her right now what you're thinking. You need to give some truth. But... I wasn't sure I could do it because the band was getting ready to play again, and I finally was just like, No, I'm going to go for it. And I said, You're right. You can't do this on your own, but God can help you. Now, about that time, the band started playing, and it was getting kind of loud, and we're up in the front, and so, you know. Typically, at that point, I don't try to start praying with people, but I felt prompted to pray. And so I put my hand on her shoulder and I started praying and I literally had to kind of like speak into her ear. And I just felt like. Yeah, you ever have that picture before? You ever see those televangelists like whenever they pray, they always pray louder like, in Jesus' name, come and be here. In Jesus' name, I'm praying through the television right now for whoever you are. And you're like, whoa, you got to, like, put it down almost to mute because it's like so much loudness. And uh, if you know anything about me that, you know, I'm not real loud all the time. And, and uh, you know, I just kind of figured, well, God can hear us, you know, whether I'm loud or I'm not loud. But the band was playing... And it was getting loud in here, and I knew she couldn't hear me unless I kind of raised my voice. And so I put my hand on her shoulder and just started praying. God, I know it took a lot of guts for this woman to come up here and tell me about her life. And I pray right now, God, that you would give her the strength to get out of this relationship. God, you don't want anyone to stay in an unhealthy relationship where there's abuse. So right now, in Jesus' name, and I, you know how they do like five syllables of Jesus? It's not just like Jesus, but they'll be like, Jesus! You know, it was like that first time I was able to kind of do that. And I And I just said that, but I know that she can do this, God. You can give her strength to do this. So through your power and strength, God, I pray that you would do this. And... I finished my prayer, and this woman was just weeping, crying. I don't think it was because I was yelling at her either, okay? God's Spirit in that moment just started working in her life in something that she didn't know if she could do. Well, several weeks went by, several months went by. I never heard back from her. She never said kind of what happened. Typically in those situations, when that takes place, I know that it was just too hard and that she stayed within the relationship it happens all the time. Well, last week uh, I was gone on vacation, and then when I got back, I had all these emails, and I'm looking through these emails, and I click on this one email, and this is what I read: "Hi Pastor Chris, I started moving out of my boyfriend's house yesterday," God. and I was like, "Yes!" And I was like so proud, and I'm lifting God up, I'm thanking God, so grateful for this. And I picked up the phone, and I called her, and I tried to say as many ways as I could, I'm so proud of you. More importantly, God is proud of you for doing this. And she said, yeah, but it's really hard, and I don't know about the relationship. Maybe we could work this out. And I was like, well, you're just taking one step. This is the first step. Get out of the house. Get healthy, the two of you separate. And who knows what God could do, but I'm so proud of you. And she shared how the past year she had tried to make this decision, but every time she came up to it, it was excuse after excuse after excuse. But after our prayer time, and then she spent some more time in prayer over the next few months, she finally realized, I will do what I can do, but God, I'm trusting you right now. I am trusting you to do what I cannot do. You know, 15 years ago, I was at a crossroads in my life. God wanted me to do something different. He wanted me to start a church for the unchurched, a different kind of church, a church that would break the mold. And to be quite honest, I I was scared to death. I felt very inadequate that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't uh, strong enough to be able to do this. And I started making all the excuses. I wasn't articulate enough. I wasn't wise enough. I wasn't spiritual enough. I didn't know enough about the Bible. I didn't pray enough. I didn't have enough faith. I wasn't a good enough leader. And then to top it off, when I went and talked to some other church leaders, I said, Hey, I'm feeling like God might be calling me to start a church here in Muncie. And they're like in Muncie, R- really? Where like the economy's going down and the population is decreasing and, and nothing's really working so well. And you want to do it in the downtown deteriorating downtown. That's where you want to do it. You're going to fail. And in that moment, I was like, God, I give up. I'm done. I told Jen, I said, we're not doing this. We we, we are not doing it. And then one morning, I was praying in this room when Jen and I didn't have any kids, and it was quiet. And I literally cried out to God, I cried out to God. And, and if you know me well enough, you know that I'm not a person that every Sunday I'm saying, oh, I had a word from the Lord, I had a word from the Lord. I probably could tell you about uh, ten words from the Lord I've ever had in my life uh, on two hands uh, of the times where it was truly a word from God. And this was one of those times, and I sensed it, when God said, I want you to start this church in Muncie, and I never want you to ask me Again, It was like God took me in that prayer closet and he said, quit whining. You're sharp. You can do this. I will help you. Quit making excuses. And a few months later, we started the church in my living room with six people in a room. And it was as if God had this game plan for me, a game plan that said, Chris, you do what you can do, and you trust me for what you cannot do. Folks, the reason you're sitting here today is because somebody decided to stop making excuses. So what about you? What about you? What could be different in your life and in the lives of the people around you if you stopped making excuses? What could this year be like? If you go, I'm going to go, God, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to take one step, but if I go, what could God do? What if you go through this year, not just with good intentions or good ideas, but you go through this year with God intentions and God-sized ideas. What if you just put a stake in the ground today and you said, this is the year of no more excuses. No more. And I will do what I can do. And I will trust God to do what I can what I cannot do. Let's pray. And if you would just just take a moment to uh, close your eyes to be as open to God as you can. If this whole God thing's new and you're not so sure about it, just take a moment to meditate and to say, "Hey, I'm I'm open as much as I can." Loving Father, I pray right now that we would stop making excuses. And I pray that you would speak directly to some people in this gym today about what you want to be different about their lives. And right now as you're praying, even in this moment, if you're like, I know what that thing is, Chris. I wrote it down or now I know what it is. This is what needs to be different. If that's you, you know that's something that needs to be changed in your life. Would you just boldly just lift up your hand for a second? No one else is looking. But you want a change in your life, something to be different, that you could just lift up your hand and as an act of faith to say, God, I know what needs to change. I know what it is. God, give these folks right here who lifted their hands Saying, know what that is, God, to be different. Give them faith this year to quit making excuses. Give them strength, God, to do what they can do and then to trust you what they cannot do. You can put your hand down and maybe you're like, ah, I'm not into lifting my hand. I'm just praying right now that that sometime, for those of you that didn't lift a hand, that God, would you please speak to them this week about what you want to be different in their life and give them a burden for you God to do what they can do and then to trust you to do what you what they cannot do now maybe you're sitting there and it's the beginning of the year and if you were really really honest you would say you know what I'm not even a Christ follower I've never made that commitment toward God before. But there's something that when you were speaking today, I don't know, I I felt drawing. Well, I can tell you what that is. That is the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit speaking to you, drawing you to him. And when the Holy Spirit starts working, immediately what happens is your mind will start making all kinds of excuses. I'm not good enough. If I try, I would just fail. This must just be an emotional thing. can't be spiritual. Folks, you're going to try. You're going to fail. That's life. These things, though, are lame excuses. But today, you can change. Maybe today some of you Have been going through the motions. You you say, hey, I'm a Christian, but you've just been going through the motions and you haven't really been a fully devoted follower of Christ. Guess what? Today it can change. So today, if you want to become a follower of Christ for the first time, or if you're ready to renew that commitment to him at the beginning of this year, I simply want you to share this prayer after me and It's a prayer that we all pray together. No one ever prays alone here at the jar. We pray together. And you can just repeat after me. But it's your prayer. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. No more excuses. I don't want to hold anything back. I surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life. Because you died for me, I choose to live for you. Thanks for new life. You now have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer uh, for the first time.
1: If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we have an accepted Christ table at the back. Chuck is back there. And we invite you to go back there and get a Bible and just have someone pray with you. Also, on your Connect card that Chris talked about earlier, there's a space on the back that says, I would like to discover how to have a relationship with Christ. If you could just check that box so that we can follow up with you and come alongside you in your journey in the faith. So thank you for that. Um, With the Connect card, make sure that you fill that out if you haven't done so already and put that in the offering bag as it comes around. Um, We have a place on the back where we... Pray for prayer requests. Those are held in confidence and prayed for each week. So make sure and just drop that in the bag as it comes by. If this is your first time here or maybe you've been coming a couple weeks and haven't had a chance to check it out, Ruth Anna is over at the Guest Connection table. We have a free gift for you, no strings attached. So just stop over there and get your gift and we can give you a Bible and answer any questions that you might have. So as Chris talked about the middle school experience earlier, just wanted to give you a few statistics about adolescence. Um, 80% of people commit their lives to Christ before the age of 16, or they don't ever at all. So middle school is a crucial age as well as high school, and we really want to focus on our middle school kids, and that's why we're starting the middle school experience. During that time um, of adolescence, kids are developing their identity, they're figuring out relationships, and they're figuring out who God is. So we think it's really important to come alongside of them. So we always need volunteers. Um, I'll be conducting the middle school experience, but I need um, people to help with that. So if you're interested in helping and you want to serve in that way, on the Connect card, just check the blue box in the top corner, and then I will contact you this week um, to give you more information about that. We also have Impact, which is our student ministry here at the JAR. We meet Sunday nights um, here at the Y from 6 to 8, And um, we have a meet-and-greet next um, Sunday, January 14th. And I will be there after second service in the exercise room to answer any questions about impact. So I encourage parents and students to come. And then also I can answer questions about the middle school experience. So stop by. We'll have snacks, too. So if you have no other motivation, we'll give you a snack. So come on by. Maybe you're somebody that's trying to figure out, like, what is my purpose? Like, why am I here? Um, I'm trying to figure that out. So maybe that's something you're asking or you're trying to figure out, like, I think God wants to use me in some way, but I'm not sure what that is. So this is your chance to stop making excuses starting next week on January 14th. We're having our Discover Your Purpose class. Um, This will be a four-week series. It's at 9.30 in the morning um, in the upstairs exercise room, and it will go for four weeks. And it will help you to figure out who God wants you to be and how um, you can be used by him for his purpose. So make sure and join us for that. At this time, I'd like to invite the greeters to come forward. We're going to receive an offering. I'm also going to invite the prayer team to come up. If you guys need prayer for anything after the service, um, we will have people up here by the speakers. And you can just come up and we can pray with you. If this is your first time, we're, we don't want to pressure you to give at all. Um, we're not about pressuring people. We just want you um, to put your Connect card in the bag. If you attend the, the JAR regularly and call it your home, we just ask that you give as God um, leads you to give. So just pray with me. Lord God, thank you for today, and thank you for all the blessings that you give us. Thank you for a new year, and I just pray that all of us can have the courage to stop making excuses and to have you lead us and guide us in our lives, God. I just pray that you would bless this offering, um, help it to spread love in our community, and to draw people closer to you. We give you all the honor and the praise. Amen.
2: I lift my eyes up, my hope comes from Lord. I lift my eyes up, my hope comes full, I lift my eyes up, my hope comes full, Lord, I Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, God never delays. He's always on time when you need Him. And so this week, no excuses and do what you can do and then trust God to do what you cannot do. If you accepted Christ uh, for the first time today, Please go to the Christ table back in the back. Someone would love to connect with you. Otherwise, if you'd like prayer, come on up. Uh, Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. Thanks, everybody.